No one knows what the future holds, but if a new house is in your future, I can help. From a safe distance, I'm Nick Acosta, your downtown expert, and I'm hosting safe and sanitary open houses. Nothing is different except for temperature checks at the door and masks are required, but it still smells like there are fresh baked cookies in the oven. So come on by one of my safe and sanitary open houses, and I'll say welcome home from six feet away. This is Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast with your host, Nicholas Acosta. Nick sits down with guests to talk about real estate and how it works. Reach him at downtown.expert on Facebook and Instagram or his website, www.downtown.expert or call or text him at 407-508-8809. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. This is Nicholas Acosta, your host of the podcast, Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Today, I have a, an awesome guest, as always, Jason Sellen with uh, Partners Federal Credit Union. Uh, let me go ahead and get him in here. Jason, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, Nick. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, no worries. Thank you for uh, being on the show. And uh, it's awesome how you, you said you found me on LinkedIn and then you also helped out with my buyer, the buyers that bought my condo in Orlando. So I'm really grateful that we got to meet. So awesome. it was it was fate, I I say, <laughs> you know. Oh no, it was, and it all happened pretty quick. You got us closed two weeks earlier, which I'm very grateful for. So I appreciate that. Condos are always tricky, Nick. You know, sometimes you got to know the know the market, know the area for condos. So it's good. That we, uh, I have some experience in that downtown Orlando area, and I was able to take care of that for you. <laughs> No, no, I appreciate that. And speaking of which, uh, so I wanted to ask you some questions about that because we know there's a lot of different complexities with condos. We have HOAs, owners association boards and things like that. And then there's restrictions on financing. Sometimes you can't use FHA or VA lending. You can only do conventional or cash. So what is your experience on that? And what is the reasoning that some condo boards allow it and some condo boards shy away from it? That kind of lending. So yeah, so it depends on the type of condo and the community that you're in. Uh, some, of, some of the condos, so there's two different ways you can kind of look at a condo. A condo is either a warrantable condo or a non-warrantable condo. You know, like most brokers or, or mortgage lenders, they'll sell some of their loans off to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will not buy non-warrantable condos. And so the, the investor or the mortgage broker will have nowhere to put the loan if it's a non-warrantable condo. So there's some intricacies to why it would be a warrantable and non-warrantable. Most of it is based off of the owner occupancy, how many uh, renters versus how many uh, owners are actually living in the property. The more renters, when it crosses over, usually that 50% mark, it usually will slide back into what we call a non-warrantable condo. And most mortgage lenders are not able to even uh, finance that loan because then it becomes something where uh, the risk is greater. Uh, we also look at the budget of the condo to make sure that uh, the condo community and the HOA is putting away sufficient funds to cover any major expenses or major damages. So mortgages on condos always have that extra you know, level of something you need to look at before we can you know, decide whether or not it's a, a financeable property. No, awesome. And like I mentioned to everybody that, yeah, you did an amazing job getting us done with this condo closing two weeks earlier 
just to add to that to everybody listening and watching today or whenever you guys catch up on this podcast, that um, that's not the most likely thing to happen with condos. It can take a little longer because you have to deal with the estoppel and getting that back. But uh, I said we did pretty well in record time for this transaction. I agree. On yeah. That, so. Yeah, so awesome. I'll give you an example. The 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 condo community that uh, you worked on is a condo community that I've done a few loans in and has no issue with going through uh, processes. But there's another one in downtown Orlando that uh, I've become think of an expert on this particular condo community because years ago there was a little bit of a an issue with the um, the builder. So the HOA actually sued the builder, the original builder in 2017. And right now, uh, most mortgage companies won't touch it because there's a litigation on the property. So you have to know the details of this litigation before you can enter into a contract with this community. So I think, uh, you know, talking with your lenders, uh, if you're thinking about buying a condo and making sure that the, that the property fits into what you're looking to do is important. And making sure you have a real, real estate expert like yourself that knows you know, the different, different intricacies of the, uh, the condo communities. That's awesome. So there you guys are over at, you're at partners, federal credit union. Um, and what is it like, is there any special types of products that you guys have that other people may or may not offer in regards to condo lending? So specifically in condo lending, we we're a little different at partners because we have what we call a portfolio for portfolio lending options. Um, I would say in in most, and this isn't a blanket statement, but most mortgage companies and mortgage lenders are what they call brokers, and they broker the loan to somebody else. All they are is the front person who will ship the loan to an investor. We we can do that at partners, but we don't have to. We do have a portfolio of of money that's set aside for home mortgage financing. So if it fits into one of those categories, like I was talking before, warrantable and non-warrantable, where the condo becomes a little different, we can still finance it. It just has to be run under a slightly different program. So condos actually run at the same rate on a primary residence as as a single family home here at Partners. So if you're buying a detached single family and a condo, the rates, the programs, everything is going to be exactly the same. Uh, It's just it's just if it doesn't fit into the warrantable or non-warrantable section, it would slide into a slightly different program at partners in terms of rates, but we'll still be able to finance it, whereas most other mortgage lenders would not be able to continue financing with that loan. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's the other question I have for you is like, do you guys also do, I'm looking through your website here as I've done before prior to the show, but I see that your home equity stuff. Do you guys do condo lines of credit as well when it comes? Yeah, to that so we'll department? do. We do home equities on on any property uh, up to ninety percent at the current time. That's where we're at at this time. So that's kind of where we'll look at home equities. So if you if you finance a loan with us uh, and you want to take out a home equity, we'll you know we can if you do it right away. Obviously, we can use the appraisal that uh, was done at the time of purchase. But if it's done after the fact. Uh, home equity is a great way uh, to to get some cash out of your home, especially with the rates right now, which you know are still at historic lows. Although they've creeped up a little bit, um, you know, if you I had asked you two years ago, if, you know, three and a quarter rate was good, you would have you would have said, "Heck yeah, let's go!" Right? But now right. it's getting the idea that it's not great, and it still is fantastic. I mean, 
a three three and a quarter market interest rate right now is is you know still spectacular and it's a great time to buy a home. No, I know we talked about that as a side note yesterday that um, I'm keeping an eye on my property that I just purchased in St. Pete where I've had like a, maybe, a, I don't know, 10000 or $15,000 increase in the last four weeks since I bought it because of the appraisal came in actually 30000 below this price. But there's already starting to see a rebound in that. So which I'll have to reach out to you when that time comes when there's enough equity in this house. But yeah. Um, so explain to people about that, because that's one question I always have, and it's always in my mind. And this is new for me. Now that I have a house, I, mean, I know I could have done it with a condo. I had a refi loan on the condo. But as a house, if I wanted to do things like, I don't know, like emergency stuff for the house or upgrade the bathroom or remodel the kitchen, um, what do you? What percentage of equity do you have to have in the home in order for somebody to be able to get a home, like a HELOC or home equity line of credit? You guys. So there's there's two ways to do it. Recently, because the mortgage interest rates have been so low, that conversation will determine uh, based on what your current first mortgage is. So I usually ask people what their first mortgage rate is before I get into a whole home equity line of credit conversation, because a cash out is cheaper on interest rate than a HELOC is by okay. by a amount by over a point. So if you need twenty five or thirty thousand dollars. Uh, you know, and and we can refinance your current first mortgage and lower your interest rate and do that. That's obviously the best way to go, uh, especially if you're going to stay in the home. And if you're doing repairs on it, most likely you are. Um, that a cash out refinance is to 80%. So you have to have at least enough room to get yourself to a max 80% on a cash out refinance of your property. Now, equity line will take all the way up to 90%. So uh, with on where your mortgage is, you know, you'll run up to, to 90% of the value of the home. Now, you know, keep in mind, you know, the values right now are incredible. And I know you can attest to this, Nick, the, the, uh, the property values are soaring across uh, the state of Florida right now uh, due to, you know, lower inventory and the amount of, uh, of people that are moving here. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing with the, the money you can get out um, on a property at this time. So, yeah, no, definitely. And the other issue the not really issue we're having, but we're have people are multiple people are fighting over property, the same property in Florida now, which is something you may have only seen like in, let's just say North Carolina or California, where there's like multiple offers on one property. That's something new for us in Florida. For when I first started in this business almost three years ago, you could have a property on the market for 90 days or more. And then maybe here or there you get a, a low offer on it and it didn't close or didn't did, an offer didn't get accepted. But now we have a new thing where everything I show buyers that I'm working with here with my leads going out there in the field. Um, there are people waiting in line in their cars now, obviously with social distancing, waiting to get in that property to put an offer in and try to beat somebody out because we have limited inventory, which is also causing, like you said, the values to go through the roof right now over here yeah. so well i was supposed to attend an open house on saturday uh with a realtor uh in the claremont area and she called me up friday night and said don't bother we already sold the house so she didn't even get to the open house before the house was already sold so you know the market is moving really quickly so if, if there is you know an opportunity for for you to, to to refinance or even to move right now i mean the 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 home values are, are in a good spot. You know, the, the properties are selling quickly, but 
with the market low interest rates, Nick, I mean, I can't think of a better time to buy a home. No, no, I completely agree. And I mean, I see apartments going up left and right in St. Pete. I know they were in Orlando, but this is the right time to buy for sure. Because I don't know when the train is going to stop rolling down the tracks. I actually was thinking about this last night and I think about this all the time, obviously, in this business. But, you know, I think what happened is we've had a pandemic, obviously. We thought things were going to have bad things were going to happen. The market was going to crash, which we haven't seen that happen. Hopefully we won't. And then going back to like 2007, 2008, when we had the housing crisis, I think what a lot of it is, is the uh, society has learned from some mistakes or lessons that they or bad decisions they made in the past. So as a society, we've evolved. And I really don't, I mean, I really, I don't want to say this, but I feel like because of our lessons that we've learned that maybe we are going to prevent something major from happening. Of course, I know eventually pricing has to reset, but I don't think it's going to happen in the same way it happened in the past. Do you think that's a possibility as well? Or Well, I will tell you the, the housing crisis and the housing market falling apart back in 07, 08, you know, I was part of uh, city financial at that point in my life long, long time ago. And um, it was based off of that housing crisis was based off of um, mortgage practices that are not in place today. Uh, Mortgage practices of what we would consider, say, a no-doc lending practice, where you can just come in and buy a house without proving anything. You know, so we're giving loans out to people that should not have gotten, you know, approved at that time for that mortgage. There was also a lot of adjustable rate mortgages that would increase significantly. I'm talking three or four percent at, at at a year or two year mark. And when those things came due, the people living in these homes couldn't afford the mortgage payments anymore. So you had stable households that no longer could afford a two hundred and fifty dollar payment bump because their interest rate rate went from you know four and a half to seven percent. So you know that is really the 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 key to today those mortgage practices aren't here anymore. There's guidelines in place that are stopping that from happening. And not to say getting a mortgage is difficult. You know, a mortgage can still be done, you know, uh, on a conventional mortgage down to a 620. You know, sometimes we're seeing 580s and below even FHA mortgages. Uh, You know, so there, there are ways to do it, but you still have to be able to prove your income and prove your ability to be able to repay that mortgage. Back in 07 and 08, you were not doing. So it was... It was creating a, a scary situation with the market, which I don't foresee happening again. Yeah, that's the that's the vibe that I get since there's been a lot of regulation put in place and more checks and balances that it's just it'll be interesting to see what not that I want it to happen. Nobody does. Um, but things are life are unpredictable. But uh, just like the pandemic, for example, um, I think if we were ever running a pandemic again, but we know now about face covers. We know about social distancing of six feet or more that I don't think if we ever had a pandemic in the next hundred years or less, we're not going to probably go as drastic as we did with shutting things down and closing bars and restaurants for months on end and then suspending travel. Now we know it's all part of evolution, just like within 2000, 2000, I'm sorry, 2007, 2008 with the lending. And now it's with the pandemic. We learned from what we did. And now we're moving forward in life and we're evolving. So, and we do this with everything, not just loans or, or anything or just, or pandemics, but also like, you know, building codes. I mean, back in the 1920s, houses used to burn to the ground. 
because he's <laughs> used that, uh, what is it, knob and tube wiring that was covered in cloth. And now we don't do that anymore because we have stricter regulations. And, of course, insurance companies are holding properties more hostage, so to speak, because they won't even insure your property if your electric or your plumbing is up the code anymore. Those days are going away. So I think that's why it'd be interesting to what if anything were to cause a housing crash. But I don't see that right now because as we're going, as we're evolving with technology and the words getting other faster, that I see that the housing market, the track, you know, the train will continue rolling down the track, so to speak. Especially in Florida. You know, we used to be Florida used to be retirement vacation. We still have that, but we're more of we're becoming a regular economy here like the rest of the country, like maybe like New York or California, where we have full-time jobs now more readily available than we had in the past, not just tourism, but other things like financial jobs or, you know, things like that. So that's where I see it going. I mean, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I've always said I moved down to Florida seven years ago now uh, from the Northeast. And I've always said that, you know, I live where, where people vacation, you know, so now when you see Orlando and, and out there in St. Pete, I mean, you have vibrant communities that that are supporting, you know, local businesses and, and you know, you have some of the major hubs of, you know, financial institutions, banks, insurance companies that are moving into, you know, these areas. The cost of living is cheaper than it is up north. And, you know, especially what's gone on with the with the pandemic. Uh, I mean, the the amount of moving from you know, uh, that we're seeing from up north right now and even from, you know, California. Um, Partners is the Disney uh, uh, Chartered Credit Union. So we see we're seeing a tremendous amount of uh, California cast members and whatnot moving to Florida. So I think the Florida housing market is going to continue to boom. And uh, I'm excited to see where it goes over the next few years. No, I completely agree. And I see behind you, you have a picture of Walt Disney on the wall. That's awesome. I do. I do. My This is my Disney room. I have a bunch of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. In my, yeah. We've all had to move from uh, working from home. You know, uh, you know, we made a, a major shift at the credit union back in, uh, I think it was late March, where we, we shut down our main office and everybody went, went to work from home. Um, and uh, I haven't been back for, you know, it's almost, it's a little over a year now that I haven't been in the office and you know, it's fine. We'll work. We, you know, we make it work. We Zoom call and Microsoft Teams and <laughs> make it happen. No, no, I completely agree. And yeah, speaking of which, about like our vibrant areas, like for instance, uh, behind me, you see the skyline of St. Pete. This is a recent photo I took from the pier downtown St. Pete. And uh, that, that I sold one of those condos, by the way, in that unit, in that tower, the tallest tower, the one building. It was a cash deal. Uh, but um, that was. 2011 and that skyline behind me that you guys see everybody i was born and raised here the only building that was really standing there was what we call the well there's two buildings there there's the one uh i think it's to my right or left and then the other the two middle buildings were the only buildings standing in the skyline of st pete when i was a kid growing up and then recently and now we have I don't know. I lost track. I think we have five or six to seven condo towers that are going up in St. Pete right now. And I know Orlando is booming. Like when I lived down the street, uh, down the street from where I was at uh, the view of Lake Yola, they put that this really big apartment building and then they're building these other things by the transit center. Uh, so changes coming for Florida that I've never seen in my entire life, which is really awesome for all of us, Jason. So, yeah. 
these downtown areas are are really uh, you know, and it, actually, if you even extend outside of Orlando and go to these little communities, you know, uh, say Winter Garden. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to downtown Winter Garden, but these are yeah. even. And then you slide in even the the Claremont area. Downtown Claremont's turning into what Winter Garden was a few years ago. There's small businesses and food truck events, and you know all these different things that are happening and around the city. Um, you know where people are moving to to go and support the Orlando market. You know, so I my I, you know my uh, experience is more in the Orlando area. I know you're out in St. Pete now, but you can kind of see just the nucleus of Orlando expanding and the amount of people that are moving here. Uh, it's just, it's, it's incredible to see because when I moved here, there wasn't much, you know, in this area. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been nice to kind of watch it kind of grow and build into what it is today. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I had, and you, Scott, I know you said you got to catch the episode before the, yeah, the podcast where I got to interview Mayor Deming for the second time. I have Mayor Christman of St. Pete that's going to be interviewed by me on Wednesday of this week. Uh, when I talked to Mayor Demings, I talked to him about bridging Tampa Bay with Orlando because, you know, we've got the beaches here. Obviously, you got them in Daytona, too. But bringing East Coast, West Coast together into the middle, like you said, the nucleus of Orlando. Uh, and we're gonna, I'm going to talk to Mayor Christman of St. Pete on Wednesday about commuter rail and be able to go from the beaches – all the way to Disney or Universal or all the way, you know, all the way through to Daytona. And then, but Mayor Deming said he liked that idea. And I'm going to try to put another, plant another bug in his ear in the future to talk to him more about that and see how I can get him to kind of encourage and influence the mayor of St. Pete in Tampa to add transit to connect us to Orlando all the way across. Yeah. So. so there is, if I'm not mistaken, a rail line that is being built currently from Miami up into the Orlando area uh, that mm-hmm. they're working on, but I think you you're right. A Daytona to to Tampa, or even even Tampa to Orlando, that that rail line would be used heavily uh, in terms of people traveling to you know that Tampa area. I love Tampa Bay; it's one of my favorite favorite places to go. Um, the Amelie Arena there is you know for me where I live is actually easier to get to than even the Orlando arenas, but I do love that. I love that area, and I, I think that a rail line between the two of them to bridge that those two communities together would be fantastic. Most definitely. So I always ask all of my guests this question. Um, what is one positive thing you have to, to, to give advice to anybody listening or watching this episode? I think that the most important thing, and, and you know, you're a realtor, so you, you meet a lot of clients and, and you speak to a lot of people. Uh, I do a lot of our educational pieces over here, Nick. So our first time home buying seminars, and I, I end every single one of my, uh, my seminars the same way. You know, a lot of people think that they can't buy a house, you know, for many different reasons that are going on in their head. And the truth of the matter is you absolutely can buy a house. You just need to take some steps and, and make sure you reach out to somebody that can help you. Because you, if you, even if you're in your mind, you think you can't do it, I can promise you, I have talked to hundreds of people who after 10 minutes on the phone cannot believe that they can actually do it. Home ownership is possible for every single person. You just have to, you just have to, if you are in a position, take some certain steps, but we'd love to guide you along that way. Find the right realtor, you know, find the right financial institution and um, I don't think that can happen. No, that's awesome advice. Thank you. I completely agree with that. So Jason Sellen with Partners. Federal Credit Union, um, and you said 
that it, this is a, a Disney credit union, but is this open to the general public now? This credit Currently, union? we are allowed to take Florida home buyers. So anybody in the state of Florida that's buying a house, we're able to assist them or at least try to assist them at this time. That's awesome. All right. Yeah, you can reach them at 407-885-4532. That's 407-885-4532. Partners, Federal Credit Union. Jason, again, thank you very much for coming on the show today. And I look forward to working with you in the future, sir. Thanks, Nick. We'll talk soon, okay? All right, sir. Thank you. Bye, everybody. All right. This has been Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Find Nick on Facebook and Instagram at downtown.expert and also his website, www.downtown.expert or call or text him at 407-508-8809. Thanks for listening. Don't spend hours or days looking for your new home. Let a downtown Central Florida expert guide you. I'm Nicholas Acosta, and I'm here to welcome you home. Being a Florida native, I know how exciting, stylish, and convenient the downtown lifestyle can be. From the nightlife scene in the heart of downtown to the natural beauty of Florida, I'm Nicholas Acosta, and I'm here to welcome you home.